Hello, it is October 14th, 2021, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah, the ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me what that means Make a slick comment and see what that brings I seen it go down, we can reenact things Extreme like DMXing These boys pussy and they PMSing People in the city see the movement occurring And say, my God, I wanna be in that scene Damn right you wanna be in this scene She had the video tryna be in this scene Used to fantasize about being this scene Bluegrass girl, but she got big dreams Can't touch me, I got instincts Locked in the house, but I'm plotting things I brought a gang to the party with me Five white boys, but they not in sync Scott? Welcome back. It's been a while. I know we skipped last week. I was at Austin City Limits there in Austin. Uh, I know we've both been super busy, but hey, we got to give the people what they want. And what they want is to listen to us talk about fantasy football and football in general. So how are you doing? Woo! It is good to be back. It's been a while. Like you said, It's uh, I feel a little rusty. Um, it's been... Yeah, like you said, it's been a little busy, a little hectic lately with uh, life and work and uh, lots of things going on. But uh, yeah, look, Austin City Limits look, look look like you guys had a lot of fun. Yeah. Saw some good weather, good music. It was good weather, unusually hot, I think, for October. You know, usually I think in Texas, March and October are the best weather months of the year because you got that like sunny chill. You know what I'm talking about? Where you... Oh, yeah. You may have to wear like a light uh, sweater, some kind of like long sleeves, uh, but you're not sweating your ass off day after day when you're outside. It, it, it felt like more Augusty out there in October. Uh, we were definitely sweating balls uh, every day, and we definitely were excited for that sun to go down. But it was a good time nonetheless. Good music, good food. Austin's always lovely. Um, it, it was great to get out. It's great to see some live music. So, so yeah. How how, how have you been? I, I see you're growing a little bit of a beard there. You you haven't shaven in a while. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's just coming in a little little thick right now. I'll probably shave it sometime next week. It's not it's nothing permanent. I've just been it's really just been lazy for maybe I guess maybe two weeks now. Well, no shave November is coming up. Maybe you just you know leave it. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's let's get into this podcast. Let's get rolling here. Let's start out. Uh, what are you watching? It's, it's been a little bit. What are you watching now uh, in between your football times? Uh, I'm watching two different things right now. Uh, mainly, I mean, it's October, so I'm watching a lot of Halloween movies, mm-hmm. uh, watching some I Know What You Did Last Summer and some oh. screen. Um, watched uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It the other night. That's one of my favorite Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. ever um and of course hocus pocus but uh then we also started we're doing a uh a bond marathon starting with the brock pierce brosnan ones at golden eye and then up uh you, you didn't want to go back to connery huh no we didn't go that far just because some of them all the way back then are just really bad and i like to do everything in order so i was like i'm, I'm we're gonna start at brosnan and then go go through all the daniel craig's and before we watch uh no time to die yeah no octopusy 
No, sorry, no octopusy right now. In fact, the ones in the sixties are just they're pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I have seen bits and pieces of the ones uh, from the sixties, but I haven't seen them all. I'd like to go back and and literally, I saw the uh, commercial for No Time to Die uh, a couple of days ago, and I said, Stephanie, have you ever seen a Bond movie? She said, no, you've never seen any of the Bond movies. So what? I know, right? So I would really like to have another Bond marathon. Like you said, it's it's funny that you say that um, because, you know, it's it's always fun to see those in a row. And a lot of those Bond movies are, are really, really good. Um, but but yeah, that's that's a good idea. Uh, one of these days when I have nothing to do, which is zero days. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I might want to have a Bond marathon, just like you said. Uh, what have you been watching lately? Um, so the morning show came back, um, on Apple TV. I, I really enjoy the morning show. Uh, I've been watching that obviously Ted Lasso, uh, we are finishing up next week, Ted Lasso, um, Brett Goldstein was at ACL by the way, um, who plays Roy Kent in, in, uh, Ted Lasso. And he was giving a podcast on women's rights. You know, that was a huge theme of ACL this year was women's rights and going against the abortion laws and, and all this sort of stuff. And so he was doing a podcast with um, a professor uh, there at ACL. It drew a huge crowd, you know, almost as much of a, of a crowd as, as, uh, as some of the bands there, but I digress. Um, also watching a few things on HBO Max, uh, these documentaries about um, sex cult, a sex cult documentary, and also um, one on uh, like a church cult. I don't know why I'm getting into these cults uh, documentaries, but they, they're interesting to me and they're, they're weird to watch. But, uh, but yeah, you'll have to check it out on, on HBO Max. Well, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. We, we like you, so I don't want you to disappear one day off to go check in the local cults around here. I know, yeah. No, it's just interesting to me. I would never, never, I'd never do a, you know, a Waco type thing. But anyway, let's get to football. There's some news going on. A lot of it's not good. Uh, this is a general theme in, in the football world. And again... You know, this is one of those PC thing, politically correct, although the, the Gruden, you know, subject, it's really hard to say that it's really hard to be on any other side than than uh, than the side of saying, you know, Gruden was definitely wrong in what he said. The only thing you could possibly say is privacy. And that he wasn't part of the NFL at the time. What, what's your take on John Gruden? We, John Gruden has been like the king of football. It's almost like if John Madden came out and said, oh, my gosh, John, Grad's, John Madden said all these terrible things. And now we're just going to discontinue everything John Madden's done for the NFL. What's your take on John Gruden in, in this whole situation? It's really fucking stupid. Like, you got to realize where you are and who you are. If you're a head coach, you're basically a face of a franchise. If you're, you know, in the media, you're per, you're you're a person, uh, you know, uh, a public. You have a public persona. So if you're going to be spewing a bunch of racist, ignorant, uh, homophobic, sexist shit, you're going to get taken down for it eventually. And I'm surprised it wasn't done earlier. Earlier, I mean, just probably just the fact that he kept it within football 
circles. So a lot of people in football circles kind of felt the same, even if they didn't respond in kind, because they realized that, look, if you, if you can't publish it on the front page of the New York times, don't put it in an email because you never know where it could end up. And I mean, this is, we're talking about emails from 10 years ago. So, I mean, I'm sure he was, he did not think something like that was going to come back to bite him in the ass by this time. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I mean, for think about everything he's given up and, you know, how much he's lost and, all, you know, how much face he's lost and money and all the rest of that. Just what to be uh, a publicly be a racist prick. He could have privately been a racist prick and been fine and still been working. But mm-hmm. it, like you really had to like shove in people's faces like it's not only ignorant, it's extremely rude. And it's I mean, he's rightfully gone, but it's kind of like, really, Gruden, like you're so fucking stupid. Well, I think so. When I first heard about it, they said uh, he sent an email about DeMarie Smith and the Players Association and, you know, all the stuff, why he was upset about the 2011 lockout. And I said, uh, you might be able to get a pass on that. You know, it happened 10 years ago. You can come out and apologize. And, and you know, you're you're a big enough face in football that you can get a pass on that. But then I found out it happened over seven years. So it wasn't just one email and it wasn't just one person. He was disparaging a lot of really, you know, important people in the NFL. Um, and that's a problem. It, you're right. It, it, there is a record of emails. Emails can be uncovered. And not saying that you should do that just by word of mouth or whatever. Or through text no, messages. yeah, it's not saying, but like, like, I mean, you don't, but don't put it down on pen and paper. You're like, you're signing your own death sentence right there. Yes, basically. absolutely. And, it's like robbing a bank without a mask and just going in there and be like, they'll never know who I am. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's terrible. One thing you have to take away from this, and it's not trying to defend Gruden at all, but if you went, a lot of what's happened between now and 2011 is has changed a lot of people's mind. I mean, with the Kaepernick movement and the kneeling and, uh, you know, Michael Sam coming out as gay and being drafted as a gay player, Carlton Sieb now is a gay player. Um, and he played for Gruden's team. If you went and asked John Gruden today, or I'm sorry, let's say a week ago, prior to these emails coming out, if what he said was okay, Privately, I think that he would have a different tone than what he did a decade ago. You know, and that's just unprompted, unprompted. I think that that, that there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the last 10 years that would make not only people publicly, but people privately as well, change their minds about what they say, how they say things how things are, you know, how they perceive things in their mind. And so I think that uh, John Gruden is probably a different person, regardless of this scandal, than he was 10 years ago. But the fact that you said it 10 years ago, the fact that that happened 10 years ago, the fact that it has come out now, it, it forces the NFL's hands. It forces the Raiders' hands to, to do something. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Because I really like John Gruden. I think there's so much. The NFL is a better place when John Gruden is in it. Um, 
and it, it's sad that he's uh, he's not going to be a part of it. I mean, it, it, at first, you know, we've talked about it through text message and stuff like that. We said, oh, see you in six years, Gruden, or see you in seven years, Gruden. You'll be back. I don't think so. I, I, I think that this is kind of a career ender for him. Um, it's really tough to come back from something like this, from what he said and the amount of things he said. Um, so I don't know. I, I really think that this is the last of John Gruden. You may see him in certain things like NFL films and, and whatever. The Buccaneers removed him from the Ring of Honor. Madden's removed him from the game. Yeah, it, everybody wants to push John Gruden as far away from them as possible. Um, you know, people will say it's cancel culture. I think it's being held accountable for things that you said, whether it be now or years ago. Like I said, it's sad because I feel like John Gruden, I don't know him personally, but probably would not say those things privately or publicly now in any context. But he said it back then before all these – I mean, there's a lot that's happened in the last decade. There's tons of stuff that's happened in the last decade. There's also a lot of emails where he signed his name at the bottom of them. True. So, a- absolutely you know, right. Like, it's hard to argue with that. And what he would say or do not do now, you know, it's hard to say. Or, you know, what his recent emails are like. That's what I wonder. Like, if, is there like a, you know, a pathological, like, you know – line of digression of racism you know mm-hmm. going to the present or has it stayed steady is it getting worse you know going into his old age so that's some evidence i'd like to see since apparently there's thousands of emails so yeah uh, homophobic as well yeah i i just you know it sucks uh what do you think this does for the raiders it's one of two things either you rally together as a team and pull together and you know, win a bunch of more games. They've been playing well, or you fucking crumble, and uh, that's your season. Right. So, I mean, the hey. the Raiders aren't in last. They, I mean, they no, have they play out, they're well. playoff hopefuls. Yeah, they've been playing well. They're in a tough division, and there's still a lot of football left to play. There is. Uh, they're three and two. I know they've lost two straight. Um, how much do you think this has to do with? the way the Raiders have progressed over the last few years and the amount of time left on Gruden's contract. Do you think if Gruden would have done better with the Raiders over the past few years or really uncovered these gyms or been irreplaceable in in a certain sense of word that the Raiders would have stood behind him harder and said, Hey, don't leave. Because I feel like, the ownership of the Raiders was kind of had his hand forced by the NFL and, and whatever. Do you think that he would be gone if he, if he would have had some playoff wins or, you know, like a Super Bowl? say they just came off a Super Bowl win. I think he's right. still gone. I think he, I think he's still gone. So the owner kind of made it clear that it wasn't his choice that like the NFL knows, knows how to knows everything to do. Right. I think he said it right, knows what to do or whatever, but like very sarcastically. Um, but you it's think- just, it's part of the culture right now. You can't, you, you, you can't get away with that shit anymore. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, it's just, it's just one of those, uh, you know, one of those things that, you know, maybe John Gruden from his generation, you know, 
was could get away with that, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, but not in today's age. And like you said, he may, he may have changed as well within the last 10 years as a lot of, uh, I think the population has, but it's still, it's signing your name at the bottom of every single one of those. It's killer. I think that there's two sides to this and maybe I'm just getting older and more, uh, I don't know what to call it. I, I don't want to bring politics into this at all, but I'm getting older and more uh, distant from a younger generation. But there is a tight rope that you have to walk. Uh, you know, it, normal people don't have to walk a tight rope because they don't, they don't, they're not important in society. But if you are, um, public figure that's uh, something you have to consider right yeah. and and you make a lot of money and people want to knock you down there are people I mean you listen to Keyshawn Johnson talk about John Gruden he like hated John Gruden he won a Super Bowl John Gruden he absolutely yeah. despised John Gruden and said he was a bad person not just like a bad coach or a, or a whatever he said he was just a bad guy um, and it's not about being racist or anything he's just not a good but person. did he think that before any of this like did he have yes. ever had okay okay did he have bad experiences with him yes like he, he okay he knew he was a bad guy okay. uh from when he was a player on his team okay um because yeah there were things too where like he was like completely uh like disregarding player safety and all these emails and stuff and was like heads up tackling is terrible for football and all yeah. these things and like it's like well, I mean, how are you drawing up plays if you really don't give a shit about your player's safety? It's like, you know, there's there's ways to do things where, like, if you don't care about them, like, you can draw it up and just kind of run, bash people into each other. Like, so. this shit just doesn't come out of nowhere. People didn't just find yeah. or these emails, like, or, or just, they didn't just come out of thin air. Like, somebody searched deep or said, hey, I have access to this guy's emails, uh, and they're, you know, I, I think this could this could affect him or whatever. And, you know, I, I know this would like a friend wouldn't do this to, to John Gruden or hopefully, I don't know. We, I'm not, no, no. this was, this came out from the Washington football team uh, investigation. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. That, that's yeah. how, that's how it came about was actually through the investigation on Washington football teams, uh, wrongdoings of the, uh, sexual misconduct. They started investigating everything and they just came across these emails and then they just kind of like pulled a thread basically. And we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they had to do something about it. But I mean, but, it happened with Adam Schefter too, which what I'm talking about with the tightrope is like Adam Schefter's thing is not necessarily, it's has nothing to do with PC culture. It's literally just something that he did in his job that might've been a, gone a little too far. Uh, but it, you do have to be very, very ca- careful, both publicly and privately um, in, in your life. Is there any point where you think that this would go too far, or is this just rooting out racist, misogynistic, homophobic, just bad people, and trying to make them better people, both publicly and privately? Um, you know, like you said, it, it's a tightrope, because... Honestly, everybody has their own opinions and has their own prejudices against certain people for certain reasons. And it doesn't matter what 
color your skin is or where you're from. You're going to have an opinion about somebody else about and feel a certain way. And you trust me, not every single bone in your body is fucking good. And if you say it is, then fuck you, you're fucking lying. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that gets to me is like when people act like, oh, well, I'm uh, such and such. So I can't be racist. I'm like, bitch, please. The last thing you've been doing, the thing you've been doing the last hour sounds racist as fuck. Yeah. But, you know, that's just one of those things that you have to realize and like look in the mirror that while you're trying to, you know, witch hunt somebody down, you have to try to make sure you're not creating a lynch mob at the same time. So, right. you know, you if we're trying because cancel culture is all supposed to also is the same people that are saying be accepting of everybody. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Everybody ain't nice. Everybody ain't good. And if you're going to be accept- accepting of everybody, you got to accept the fucking devils in with the angels. So get off your high horse and fucking do what you're preaching or else shut the fuck up. Yeah. But, you know, that's just, you know, my opinion. So that you can, you know, take what you want from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a tough, tough thing to to do. You know, people are trying to get out in front of it. Uh, that's what bothers me, I think, the most is that if you just i'm sure adam schefter and gruden saw this and was like oh shit my career's over but adam schefter saw this or sees certain things and goes really that's what i have to go out and publicly apologize for like this is silly but and i think that that's if you don't do that if you just ignore it and you just kind of like let the media run with it they will eat you alive the public will eat you alive. Um, and, and it's, but, yeah. it's disappointing, but it's, it's, you'll sit there and you'll be seeing these articles. If Adam Schefter didn't come out and say this morning, like, you know, I went too far and I'm really, I, I'm really sorry. And, you know, this is regular work for an, for a journalist, but you know, I, I, I took it a step too far. If he didn't do that, the media would have been like Adam Schefter. What, what terrible did Adam again? I, I might have missed. This he one. sent something uh, to the the uh, Dan Snyder. So the investigation or the, an article that was going to come out on ESPN.com and what he was going to talk about on ESPN was about the Washington football team and things that were uh, they're going to talk about. I mean, it was years ago, probably like four or five years ago, and uh, he said before I. Um, publish this article or talk about it on ESPN. Here's what we're going to talk about. This is what's going to be said. Is this okay with you? And he put Mr. Editor. And uh, so most people will go to somebody and say, hey, am I, am I reading these quotes correctly? Is this what you said? Uh, is this, you know, are, we, are you okay with me saying this is what you said? But he said, Here's a whole article. Tell me what you want deleted. Um, which is over the line a little bit, uh, but still part of the job. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, you, you don't want uh, Dan Snyder dictating what the media says about Washington football team. Uh, you don't want anybody to dictate what the media says about anything uh, privately. So, you know, and I can understand the backlash on that, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, if yeah, Adam Schefter, you have to you have to understand that Dan Snyder's an owner in the NFL, and if the the NFL owners 
control want to control the NFL news, then the NFL owners will control the NFL news. That's just how shit works. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally understand. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to something else here. Uh, let's talk about trades in our league. There's a trade deadlock that has been broken through this week uh, it, by, by multiple teams. Why, in your opinion, why do you think there was a trade deadlock this year? Why do you think that there was a lack of trades? There was, uh, there was a, we had the least amount of trades this year by week five than we've had any year in the history of the gridiron. And I know that's a loose stat because I, I haven't really looked it up. I'm just saying that this is, there was like four or five. It's definitely Uh, felt. It was usually by like week two or three, somebody's changed, traded their whole team away or something. But no, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I think, I think honestly, a lot of people, two reasons. One, because there's kind of a clear disparity of, you know, two teams being cut off and then everybody else pretty much really liking where they're at. And the only losses that, I mean, everybody's pretty much three and two, except for the ones at the top and the ones at the bottom. And everybody in those losses are, weren't lopsided. They're very close. So everybody's still happy with their team. So they were just waiting until a maybe bye weeks or B serious injuries led into their teams. And you might have to make trades out of necessity. Yeah. I think, I think you're right there. I, I think that people are, have a huge fear of getting ripped off uh, based on draft value. So, and I know that this was talked about this week. Oh, I, I drafted this guy in the first round. I drafted this guy in the second round or whatever. Like, People still talk about that? Yeah, but by like the second or third round, your draft position or the person's draft position is irrelevant. It does not matter. It, it does all not you matter. To, all you have to think about is what have you done for me lately? True. I, I forget about draft position the night after the draft. I don't, I don't, I do not care about that at all. And like, right. what have you done for me lately? And what do I actually think about your projections in the year? I mean, I made my biggest trade preseason. But people, people still are going to do that. And what, what it, what it is, is so like same thing with free agents. Somebody will pick up a free agent and that free agent will come and pop off. And they'll be pretty valuable, but they'll, you know, somebody will come back and take that free agent and try to trade them to you for your fifth round pick, sixth round pick. And you'll say, no, you picked up this guy last week and I have this guy fifth round pick who's struggling or whatever. There's no way I swap, you know, because you I would say, I would say if, the, if that free agent can show three weeks of solid production, then I would consider them for like a high, for a trade for a high draft pick. But it, but I still consider the draft picks talent. Like if right. their talent is still immeasurable, that I'm like at any given point in the playoffs they could just blow up. I, I would still hold on to them. But what I'm saying is, there's a fear of people losing that losing that stretch. So you have a strategy going in, and you draft all these guys, and you don't want to lose that strategy. You don't want to lose. Uh, or, or admit defeat on your draft and admit defeat and say, hey, really, this year I've really fucked up and I need to right the ship or I'm going to you know, lose or get last. Um, and I, I think that people are really afraid to give up on that strategy. Uh, you look at 
Brad and Michael's team, they're on five. And like I said, I, I don't remember a year where we've had two and five teams, two teams that are just have lost every game. They're and 10 together. I mean, they have one game through five weeks, which is one team is like, Oh man, that's pretty bad. But two teams together, both being on five is, is just abysmal. And what's enjoyable is that they play each other, but uh, you know, that's besides the point. But if you look at both these teams, they both have valuable assets in Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Christian McCaffrey on one team. You've got Joe Burrow, uh, you've got some players to to deal and to make deals with, but I think that they're more hesitant because what the, if they lose that trade in any way, then they're like spiraling out of control and t- saying goodbye to the season. And, and I think that there are a couple teams who are doing that, who are saying, you know, let's St- let's see if we can write the ship through free agency. Let's see if we can write the ship through, uh, you know, maybe these players are just having a bad day. You see Robert Woods struggling through the first three or four weeks and then coming out in this last week and blowing up, you know, maybe these players are just having a bad beginning of the season. Um, but yeah, you know, I think this week was the week where people said, you know, fuck this guy. I, I am, <laughs> I'm through with this guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm trying, trying to shake this up. Let's, let's try to make some things happen. But, but yeah, we did see some, some movement, some good movement. And, uh, and, and what's your personal mid season strategy? Do you, I mean, you're looking pretty good right now. You're at the top of the league. You've scored, uh, what the, the second, or I'm sorry, third most points in the league. You're four and one. Uh, what's your strategy here? Do you, Stick with the status quo. Um, right now, I mean, because the the biggest part was week one, two, and even three. Any holes my ship had, I had to plug them right away mm-hmm. with free agents um, because people were, like I said, smart and stingy about trades. And there are a lot of talent out there that you didn't know about preseason until people actually hit the field. Right. So I plugged some holes here and there. And it, it's worked, it's helped. And now I'm just looking at making sure that a couple bye weeks are, are secure. I might, might probably, probably looking at a loss against uh, Neil next week, just due to, due to bye weeks. And, but that's just one of those things after that, everything should be, should be passed just about every single one of my, my bye weeks. So after that should be ready to go. I think uh, the rest for most people just, I mean, if you've got holes in your shipment, if like, I looking at like some teams, like we were talking about Brad's team, like he loses so many points on defense. He loses so many points on defense. And it's just like, dude, some people are pulling up with like 60, 80 points defense while you're bringing in 20, like total, right? Like that's not that you're that's, that's a huge deficit. So mm-hmm. that's one of those things that uh, early on in those weeks that you need to plug in with a free agency. If you didn't draft the right people. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And and for me, and I'll talk about it when we get to my matchup, but for me, uh, being proactive throughout the season and not being stagnant and saying, this guy's doing well, he's going to do well the rest of the season, or this guy's doing shitty, he's going to be shitty the rest of the season, and trying to find value in that and planning, uh, having some kind of plan, not week to week, but a plan to go into for the rest of the season. We're, I mean, we're in a long season. I, I think 
some people might forget that we have an extra week this year. Um, we're not even yeah. we're, so we're like, like if, less than halfway through. Brad and Michael could turn their ship around right now. They could still make the playoffs. True. True. I mean, they're, they're three games behind um, eighth place. They're a couple hundred points. I mean, they can, they really, can, they can write, write the wrongs. There's a lot of football left to play and you do not win the championship right now. You do not want to be playing your best football. Right now. Yeah. You, you really don't. You want to. So uh, we've talked about this last year and the year before the magic number to make playoffs was seven. So prior to this year, we've had like less than three. I think there's been like two teams that have ever not made the playoffs and won seven games out of 13 games. That's above 500. Um, the only way to do that is to have really, really bad teams, uh, teams that just like don't win. So there's a lot of teams that are, ha- have a winning record and it's the best points wins. Um, what it's interesting because this year we do have that and we have an extra game. So it's really tough to gauge how many wins you need to make the playoffs. I mean, again, we're halfway through or we're not less than halfway through. So this could all change. And these teams of the, the maestro and you cycle polar bears and dad and all these lower teams could win a few games and really even out the field. But I'm going to care to guess that it's going to be eight. That eight wins is probably the number that you have to get to, to even be considered uh for the playoffs that's fair i mean extra game extra win for that yeah i think uh you know i mean it just depends sometimes that that middle pack gets so thick sometimes uh you know i guess what would be eight and five uh it's gonna be eight and six eight and six so yeah it'll be that'll be that that might be a thick pack sometimes there's like five teams there and it's all about points for and i think that that's just this year i think that in some years the seven and seven team will still be good to go with points. And that will have a lot more seven win seven and seven teams, teams that go 500, not make the playoffs because they didn't have enough points. I think that's where the line is. I think this year specifically, because we have three teams that are collectively uh, one and 14, that you're going to need more wins uh, to make the playoffs this year. So eight right. is probably the number, which is well, like a, like crazy. Michael yeah, could come roaring back. You never know. Right, which is crazy because the team in first place now will have to go 500 for the rest of the year to make the playoffs. But, you know, it's it's just, yeah, you'd have to get four more wins at, at your at your spot. Um, but but uh, anyway, well, let's, we'll, let's get into some, some matchups here. Uh, we've been... We've been, you know, rambling too long about trade. It's been a while. We haven't rambled in a while. I haven't ranted yeah. in a while. Yeah, a we had a rant. lot to get out. We had a lot to get out. Um, um, if I offended we... anybody, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, 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 fuck <laughs> you. Um, all right, let's talk about some of these matches. We'll start with Dad versus Eternal Touchdown. Uh, remember, the spreads uh, are, are in play. Dad plus 16. Dad the spreads plus 16. this week were very good, if I was going to say, by the way. They, they made the they made the decisions very tough. They're the best. They're definitely the best spreads. Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, they're, they're wide. I mean, this is the first week with buys. 
So you're going to have to really, you know, dig deep. These aren't the these aren't the people's teams that you've seen the past five games. These are uh, teams that people are trying to manufacture to get some wins. So, uh, what do you think of Dad versus Eternal Touchdown? You know, it's it's kind of a shame to see Dad's team like if if maybe he was at full strength, McCaffrey out there, and like a in. Uh, I know Daniel Jones is going through the protocols. It's supposed to look good, but you don't want to be coming off of a concussion go, playing against the Rams. Um, so starting at the quarterbacks, even with Clay starting David Mills, I think you'll have a decent game. And either way, Justin Herbert is probably going to go lights out at Baltimore. So Joe Burrow at Detroit is a nice matchup, but I don't think it'll be enough. And I think Daniel Jones is going to be a little slow going against the Rams. Uh, their wide receivers, Clay's wide receivers are just amazing. And Keenan Allen, Godwin, and DK Metcalf, any or all of them go off at any moment. While Dad's wide receivers and Jalen Waddle, Van Jefferson Jr., and uh, Darnell Williams uh, is does he have, he has COVID? So okay, yeah, he's out. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just it's really not looking good. Um, Clay doesn't have two defenders in, but I don't think he needs them. I think he runs away with this one. Just probably Herbert show again all day. Yeah. I mean, Clay's made some questionable trades throughout the season. I think that, I mean, he crushed me last week and obviously he's gotten Herbert, you know, for, for you from Mahomes, but he's made some questionable trades, some questionable moves. Um, I mean, it's not his fault with Russell going down. You know, nobody can, any, any given Sunday, anybody's star court, star player can get hurt. You know, right. that's not, you know, knock on wood. Not, I'm not saying he should, but I'm just saying that's his unfortunate case right now, and he's trying to wade through it because Russell will be back. Yeah, but what I was about to say was Taysom Hill for Hooker. I really like that. Um, I think Taysom has shown that he's just uh, he's back to being just a gadget. Um, and there may be weeks where he gets double digits, but they're few and far between. And so somebody will use him on a bye week. Obviously, Cos will try to use him on a bye week and not go venture forth by using some moves or using some some team capital uh, to try to get a quarterback. But uh, I think getting Booker, who, I mean, Saquon's look, he looks like he's going to miss some time. His ankle was huge um, on uh, last week. It's sad about Brad's team because I feel like if if Brad's team, if we were playing poker, which I kind of consider, you know, fantasy is considerably close to the game of poker. Brad, Brad is literally getting blinded out. He's getting terrible cards and he's just getting blinded out. He's not trying to make moves. I mean, he has to take risks and he's not. He's not taking any risks. He's just sitting on his hind legs and getting blinded out. Uh, of of this season, uh, the defense is not there, but he has the same defense he's had all year. It's, I mean, it's it's something like I had to do last year. You guys called my team a Frankenstein of a team, but I mean, it's because I had to go ahead and immediately give up uh, any sort of notion of draft pick value and just you know swipe my. I, I think I swiped my entire defense and like a couple of def- a defender and a couple of wide receivers or something. You guys were like, oh, but I made like a decent team out of it. So yeah, I mean, so just it's better than just like you said, getting blinded out and just uh, asking questions. Just say, uh, sending somebody a message. Say, hey, are you interested in Daniel Jones? Do you yeah. want Joe Burrow? Yes. Or 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 Christian McCaffrey? Like it is. Yes. 
what's this guy worth to you? But I just don't think he's doing that. And if you don't do that and you're 0-5, you deserve to be 0-5. And um, I think 16 points, I, I the reason I gave Brad 16 points was because I thought that Christian McCaffrey might play. He's got Joe Burrow on the road against Detroit, uh, you know, with a few defensive uh, big plays, which his team's built on. He could get within a few points or surprise in a turtle touchdown team that doesn't look, you know, nearly as as uh, as good as we thought earlier in the season. But now it looks like Christian McCaffrey might not play. He's questionable. Um, you know, Daniel Jones is on the fritz. We don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play. Uh, he was limited in 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 today's practice, but it's just. This team looks awful. I'm going to take Clay with the 16 points. Um, I think that his team wins and and that this team that Brad is – I mean, Lord help him because it, it just does not look good. This is one of the worst fancy performances. You're, you're beating seen. a dead horse here. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, let's move on to the uh, next matchup we have here. It's Disco Lemonade versus Camacho. What do you think of this one? The spread is uh, Camacho minus nine and a half. I think that's pretty good. I, I think it'll be close, but I mean, it'd be a lot closer if Disco Lemonade had both of his quarterbacks, but only Stafford at the Giants. Um, I, I expect them to kill the Giants, but, you know, they have a cross-country trip and, and, and it's away and looking over at Aaron uh, to Camacho's quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott. I think right off, right off, right there, he's going to take a commanding lead. Um, DJ Moore has been amazing. T. Higgins is coming back from injury should be should have a great game at Detroit. And Michael Hardman's starting to show up a little bit for Kansas City, and that's Camacho's wide receivers, and they I think they'll be pretty solid for him this week. Disco Eliminate is a nice stack with Cooper uh, Cooper Cup for Stafford, but uh, like I said, I just don't think it's going to be enough for him to combat against all those points plus quarterback. Uh, bonus. So I'm going to take Camacho in this. I'm just really leaning toward, towards him off quarterback and wide receiver positions. The running backs will be decent in Carson and Edmonds if uh, they should be playing uh, through those injuries. I don't like seeing the cues, but uh, Disco Lemonade's running backs aren't, you know, they're not amazing. Antonio Gibson's has been playing well, and Kansas City's defense isn't amazing, but they'll, uh, Washington will po- probably have to be throwing against a lot. Uh, Tony Pollard's been great, but it's again at New England. I expect uh, Dallas to be try to spread uh, spread them out, and that'll be a big bonus for Camacho with having Dak Prescott. And I do like Camacho's defense with uh, Bobby Wagner, Isaiah Simmons, Littleton, uh, Derwin James, and Junior. A lot of guy, a lot of good defense uh, defenders in there. So um, I do I do love Micah Parsons over on Disco Eliminated though, but I'm still taking Camacho here, uh, even with the spread. I think Camacho will win probably will cover the spread by an extra six. I'm going to disagree with you. And I, I like what Neil has done thus far. And I think that what he's doing this week is saying I'm four and one. I'm not going to make any big moves. I'm not going to give up any of my team talent to go get a quarterback. Um, you know, he's got some some injury issues. He's missing his uh, RB1, running back one, and quarterback two. Um, but, and, you know, he's obviously got kicker problems and whatnot. But 
uh, he's not going and 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 dismantling anything to go get a quarterback too, which is which is great. I mean, if you have if you're four and one, you're in first place. Why would you? I, I wouldn't. You can lose a game here or there. Um, but why I think this is closer than you think is because if you look at the the running backs on the other side, so Camacho made what I think is a, one of the best trades of the year um, when he got Kittle, uh, Aluokon, and uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, but, you know, the, Chase Edmonds beat up. You never know what you're going to get from him especially against a Cleveland D on the road. Uh, Chris Carson's beat up going on the road against Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Uh, he's, he's missing Patterson, Cord Pat, who's been probably the biggest surprise for his team so far this year. Uh, he traded away um, his current tight end, and he's replaced it so he could have Kittle, and he replaced him with um, Uzumov. See- Who's a CJ EJ or CJ? I'm sorry. Um, who had like one really good game against Jacksonville, but other than that, has been really. I mean, it, that's probably the best you could find. Trust me, I've been looking at tight ends. There's there's not a lot of stuff out there. Uh, so he's definitely got some holes and weaknesses throughout his team. Um, and what you're looking at, what you saw, I think, is Rodgers and Prescott against Stafford. And so you're like, ah. Yeah, he's going to take this. You know, he's got two of the best quarterbacks in the league to begin with, and he's playing against one quarterback. I, I just think that this balances out throughout the team's roster. I think uh, Neil has a better defense. I think Neil has better matchups this week, uh, and I, I think that his receivers trump chases uh, on that side. So I, I'm going to take Neil with the with the points. Do I think Neil wins? No, uh, I don't. But I, I'm going to take him with the points. Okay. All right, next up, uh, Notorious versus the Maestro. The spread on this one, uh, whether you like it or not. Uh, let me see. Yeah, sorry, I'm you know a little behind here. Uh, the spread on this one is going to be minus 15 and a half. Maestro's had a rough season, both uh, Pickums and uh, in fantasy. What do you think of this one? You know, uh, like I said in our thread earlier, uh, it's there's still a lot of football left to play For, in our pick'em, in our in fantasy, in football. Um, it's all about riding the ship sooner than later. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to be this week for Maestro mm-hmm. because Notorious just has a beast of a team right now, uh, being led by Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill, who hasn't been amazing this year, and Buffalo's defense is pretty good, but I expect Lamar Jackson to carry him enough and, and Tannehill to at least get some uh, garbage time to probably put up somewhere in the teens. And Maestro's quarterbacks with Baker Mayfield versus Arizona, who's been playing really well, Justin Fields, who could have a pretty good game against Green Bay, but hasn't had that blow-up game yet, and I think it might take him a little time to get there. Uh, I think Notorious takes quarterback battle. Notorious is wide receivers with – uh, Antonio Brown, AJ Brown, and uh, uh, Pittman are just—I mean, those are some great wide receivers right there, and all of them should have uh, have pretty good games, except for maybe AJ Brown versus Buffalo's defense. But he'll still pull in a decent amount of targets versus Maestro's uh, wide receivers and Adam Thielen, AJ Green, and Emmanuel Sanders. I just—I'm not expecting a ton of 
things out of them. AJ, and like I said, some of them are hit or miss, so can have decent games here or there, but I'm still leaning towards Notorious again and going uh, Notorious running backs have, uh, obviously aren't going to beat Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, but as amazing as those two running backs are for the Maestro, they haven't won a minute games yet, and so I still have to just lean towards Notorious for having a solid team all around. So the Maestro's had such an unlucky year. I mean, if you look at this team compared to Brad's, they're both on five. One team is obviously better than the others. I mean, you, you have, I wouldn't say Mayfield's a QB one, but you have uh, two decent QB twos on this team. He, he took a shot with Justin Fields. And basically if Justin Fields was what Trey Lance was, he would, he would be where Neil is right now. But Justin Fields yeah. is just building right now. But no, think if if his team had uh, had Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and he had that amount of points thrown out there, I think he'd be somewhere near the top at least. But instead, it's Justin Fields and Andy Dalton have been floundering about like a bunch of fucking flounders, and so here he is at zero and five. He's also had some bad luck and some bad matchups. I mean, he's like hasn't scored double digits all year. And he's projected 20. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like Justin Fields has to do something sometime, right? I, I mean. When you thought it was going to get better after the one and then it goes to negative four. Right. They're starting Khalil Herbert. I mean, this is at running back. Like he has to throw. <laughs> he has to get outside the pocket. He has to like do Justin Fields things at some point this season. Right. Uh, so. What's interesting to me, what's fun about this matchup is that uh, the Monday night. So, yeah, he has got Antonio Brown playing tonight and, and uh, Maestro has Zach Hertz, which both those guys should be featured. One, uh, Zach Hertz is is ro- rolling solo tonight um, with Jack Stoll at, at uh, tight end instead of uh, Dallas Goddard. And, uh, you know, Antonio Brown's been really lighting it up. He's one of one of Notorious's best accidental picks. Um, but uh, Monday night, you got Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Hyde against uh, Harold Landry III and uh, Derrick Henry. So what you're saying is that, and, and you're picking Notorious, what you're saying is at the end of this week, Notorious, on Monday night, Notorious is, if these teams are even without a quarterback, without a receiver, uh, without a defender, that, oh, and Terrell Edmonds. I mean, there's four guys on Notorious that are going Monday night against Derrick Henry and Harold Landry III. If these teams are even, that Notorious will come out and score uh, 15 and a half more points than Maestro on Monday night. I mean, with Derrick Henry and Harold Landry. I just don't think that that happens. I think Derrick Henry is somebody that on Monday night where it's like, that could be your hammer. If Maestro has like a good enough lead on Monday night, which I think he's got to do something sometime, right? It's, it's, it's like shit or get off the pot. I still think he should have moved somebody like Ezekiel Elliott or Baker Mayfield, you know, by now to try to cover, get some, something moving on his team. Um, and he hasn't thus far, but you know, I think he's got to have a lead going into Monday night. I, I'm really confident that Maestro is going to have a lead going into Monday night. If he can't win, he at least covers the spread, uh, 15 and a half. So I'm going to take 
maestro in this one to cover the 15 and a half spread. Uh, again, this is the second team that I've said they may not win, but they're going to cover that 15 and a half. So uh, I'm going to take maestro. Okay, Professor versus the Rumham. Uh, Rumham is minus four and a half. So he's the favorite. What do you think? This is this was one of the toughest games to pick for me. Um, you know, if as long as all of Professor's cues aren't serious serious cues, because he has a lot of cues over there, um, I think this is just. I think this is a really close game. Tom Brady and versus Jalen Hurts tonight is going to be great because Profe- with Professor having Tom Brady, Rumham having Jalen Hurts, uh, that's that's going to be a great way to start their matchup off. I think both of them could have huge games because Brady's playing great uh, and Tampa Bay's defense is terrible so, and, J- and Hurts has been playing pretty great too. So there could be a lot of fireworks right there. Um, Professor second quarterback and Kirk Cousins at Carolina. That might not be great. Carolina's defense is pretty good and it's getting better. I'm not sure if Stefan Gilmore is going to be able to play this week, but if he is, better look out. Uh, and then you have uh, Carson Wentz versus Houston, which I actually like Houston's defense a little bit better. They've been a little banked up later lately, but uh, they should be getting a couple people back this week. So uh, Carson Wentz did turn the ball over a lot against uh, Baltimore's defense last week. So we'll see. I th- it just depends. I think it really depends on tonight. Um, if maybe Brady's thumb really is that bad, but last game he played with it, and, you know, threw an extra four touchdowns or something. So I, it really depends because Thursday night games can be tricky. Uh, Tampa Bay's on the road. I think Brady still outscores Hurts. Um, he doesn't, he's not going to get shown up on national television. So. I think he still walks away with it, but it's a close one. But it's not a, as big of a blowout as people think. Um, I like Professor's uh, wide receivers just a little bit more in Jefferson, Hopkins, and Demar Chase. And like I said, if the cues aren't that serious, because Terry McLaurin versus Kansas City for Rumham is going to have a huge game. I just know he is. Mike Evans could steal a lot of points from Brady, and Devontae Smith is a great stack from J- for Jalen Hurts. Like I said, this is a very, very close game to call. I think Najee Harris for Rumham will have a great game. Eckler's been killing it lately. Baltimore's defense is obviously very soft. I think if Indianapolis just ran the ball on every single play of Jonathan Taylor, they would have won the game on Monday night. Um, so Eckler could have a huge game versus Baltimore. And then Professor's cues are just staring right in the face with Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt over there. So uh, I don't know why. But my gut says, Professor. I'm going to disagree with you again. And I know you went undefeated last week. You're first in Pick'em. So you seem like you know what you're doing. But I'm going to disagree. Listen, last week, I I have Sam Darnold. I watched that Philadelphia defense, like, make him so uncomfortable. And he threw three picks. They played out of their mind. Uh, And now uh, Brady has to go on the road to Philly with a hurt thumb and play against this Philadelphia front front seven, which is super tough. This Philadelphia D line with Fletcher Cox is really playing out of their mind right now. Um, that's the only reason that this team is, is in games uh, is because yeah, I mean, Phil Hertz is good. Okay, he's a good quarterback. I don't even think he's a great quarterback, but he's he's good and he's he's uh, uh, he's got two ways to beat you on the ground and in and through the air, but. I think this is more about Brady not playing up to snuff tonight. 
I, I don't think he, he clears more than one or two touchdowns and maybe 300 yards, which is good for a normal quarterback, but not QB one. And like you said, uh, with Cousins going against Carolina, Carolina played just as hard defense against Philly last week. It was kind of a tough one to watch, trust me. Uh, but And I think that uh, Cousins is going to have a tough time. Um, Chicago's defense against Aaron Jones has played a lot better since that week one blowout that they had. And uh, I think that Aaron Jones has kind of struggled to hit the end zone the past couple weeks. And I think that continues against Chicago on the road. Uh, I think that game is actually pretty a lot closer than we think it's going to be. So I would take Chicago with that spread, but you know, I'm getting off subject here. Um, Hertz to Smith tonight. I like more Hertz uh, to Rager more, uh, but I, I think Hertz to Smith um, is something that comes into play tonight. Uh, stealing those points through Mike Evans. Ugh, I don't know about that rum ham, but, uh, but it is, it is something. It is something. I like Godwin tonight a little bit more than Mike, Mike Evans. Um, Wentz against Houston. Wentz looked a lot better. I, I hate to say good things about Wentz, but Wentz looked a lot better against Baltimore this last week. Not in the second half, but in that first half uh, with the play action, opening things up with Jonathan Taylor uh, against Houston. The, it's going to get a lot better, especially with Houston going on the road. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is is the game flow. If Indianapolis gets a lead early, 14-0, uh, you know, in that first half, then you might see a lot less wins and a lot more Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Um, and Mar- maybe Marlon Mack, if you want to show some people, uh, show off Marlon Mack for you for the trade deadline. Um, love the running back situation. Najee Harris and Austin Eckler, um, those guys are going to put up massive points this week, which is a big reason why I'm picking Rumham. Uh, and, and I think that that, Really, honestly, as far as defense is concerned, I've talked about this over and over. Cause's team is just not very good defensively. They're just not a good defense. Uh, I know from trade talks, that's what he's looking for. That's what he wants to approve upon. Um, I, I think Rumham has has a defense, decent defense on that side, um, so he can beat him on, on, on that end. I like Rumham to cover those four and a half points. I like him to win, uh, so I'm picking Rumham this week. You might be convincing me. It's it's really like I said. It's I think it's going to be really close. I I, I really don't think it's close. I think Rumham. Um, a lot of the trade that me and Rumham had was he saw what could help him currently, and I saw what could help me in the future. And so, like when I traded him Eckler and Ridley and you know whatever. I said, all right, this is what will help me going forward. His team looks really, really good this week. Uh, You know, 191, there's really not a lot of holes. You like McLaurin against Kansas City. You like Evans and and Smith. Uh, So, and and those two running backs are really good. So, yeah, I think I'm going to change my pick real quick. Can I, do I have to pick all of them again in the pick them or do I, can I just pick that one again? I think just, just go ahead and pick them all again. It doesn't cost you anything. Sounds um, like a lot of. I know. I uh, know, but I yeah, I might want to switch that over just because I am reading a little bit more into those injuries and those cues. Those cues don't sound good. Yeah. So, so nobody, all, nobody's practicing. We're all on rum hand. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, last man standing against Rutherford B. Hayes. What do you think on this on this matchup? 
think unless Kyler Murray can put up enough points for two quarterbacks, uh, last man standing might be in trouble because Rutherford B. Hates does have a pretty solid team. David Carr, Las Vegas Raiders, like I said earlier, you know, they they could be trending up, could be trending down, depends on their situation right now. David Carr could also just get a lot of garbage time touchdowns with terrible defense. So uh, because Denver's defense, is, you need to throw on them. So that's, that's the way to beat them. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater coming back for, for Denver, obviously, for Rutherford B. Hades uh, should be good. But that's always a tricky situation because I, I never like having both my quarterbacks in the same game just because if the, if the game itself is low scoring, then you're just screwed. All right. Um, it's 10 and a half. So I'm sorry. The last man standing is plus 10 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm still taking I, – I, I'm, I'm taking Rutherford B. Hayes in this. I, I think – uh, last one standing, like I said, he's not starting a second quarterback. Kyler Murray could have a huge day versus Cleveland after their game last week versus the Chargers uh, being such an up-and-down game, uh, showing that their defense can really just get stomped upon uh, versus a very uh, good quarterback. And Kyler Murray could definitely do that. So if his throwing shoulder isn't too bad, that's something to monitor for sure. Um, but Rutherford B. Hayes, wide receivers, Martin Amari Cooper, Cooper, Stefan Diggs, and Jalen Rager. I like them all, especially Rager tonight. Uh, I think they beats out Vontae Adam, Tyler Lockett, and Christian Kirk, which aren't bad, but Tyler Lockett hasn't been great lately, and he's got Geno thrown to him. I think Devontae Adams has a great day, but not enough to, com- to compete against the other three. And Christian Kirk, maybe he's hit or miss here. here or there. Um, I like Rutherford B. Hayes running backs as uh, better Nick Chubb. And Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is not great, but last minute Sanders running backs aren't amazing. Either Darrell Henderson's been okay, but versus the Giants, they might, you know, Giants defense is okay. I just don't expect that much love Darrell Henderson, honestly. And Josh Jacobs, is he healthy this week? Great. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, Ter- and obviously, Travis Kelsey beats out Kaseki any day. So, Rutherford behaves on almost every front. Yeah. The, the reason I made this Fred closer than other spreads was because I don't like Derek Carr going on the road to Denver. I think that, that he's going to get smothered um, by that Denver defense at, at in mile high. Uh, it is really good. It, it, is, it is a tough defense and we'll see. They might be spiraling right now. And that's what I was saying. Like he, they might be spiraling, but even, even so, like, I think he'll, he'll get some garbage time. Like without Gruden, I, I they got a special team coach, you know, special team coach coming in. I, I just, I don't picture them coming out and being like, let's do this for, uh, you know, for uh, <laughs> political really culture. Like, like uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. For well, they, political have a gay, they have a gay player on their team. That's what I was thinking. If they could rally behind them and be like, all right, you're a team captain now, you know? Like, let's do this for know. Carl. No, yeah. I, 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 Carl's a situational rusher. I, I don't even, I don't even uh, know if he starts. Uh, he's a good player. Wave pride flag. I don't know. Yeah. I, but what I do see – is that Max, you know, hit got hit with that Saquon Barkley injury and covered it with Leonard Fournette because it, it Fournette's having a great year. I don't think Fournette has a great night tonight for per se. I really honestly think this is a Ronald Jones night, but uh that's just between me and you. Um but uh Kelsey against Washington. Ooh, Washington can't cover anything right now. They're just Swiss cheese. Uh he just acquired Diggs on Monday night. That's a hammer. Uh, this defense is not terrible. Uh, I, I like Max's team. And Scott's doing the same thing. Do you want to give up a bunch of people to try and go uh, and get a second quarterback for one week? 
Probably not. Um, I, I like Scott's team. I think Scott's team's really good, especially when Matt Ryan's playing uh, and he has Gronk in there. But uh, but it just doesn't look that good this week. I don't like the matchups. I don't like Devontae Adams going on the road against Chicago. I don't like Lockett going on the road against Pittsburgh, especially with Geno. Um, Kyler Murray against Cleveland. That Cleveland front line is really eating people alive, eating people alive this year. Uh, it's just not looking good for for last man standing. I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take uh, Rutherford B. Hayes with the spread this year or this week uh, minus ten and a half. Uh, let's go to Darth Scott versus unicycle polar bears. And the spread on this one is uh, pretty hefty. Uh, minus 18 for Darth Eight, Scott. I think that's kind of rough. I mean, I know unicycle polar bears uh, projections are a little low just because they're, they don't have to uh, uh, projected for anything right now, but he's supposed to play it. Um, so it would be, it would be showing a lot closer because they would probably project about 20 for them. So it'd be showing about, you know, so one, one, six, one sixty-eight to one fifty-four is with, yeah, with two. If you, if you add in like yeah. 18 points. Yeah. But again, so it's I'll, I'll, I'll let you start on this and I'll uh, defend myself. After that, so, so the, I, I love the matchup between Mahomes and, and Heineke. I think that that's going to be a high scoring game on both sides. I, I think this is a get right spot for Mahomes. And then he's going to come out against the number 32 ranked pass defense in Washington and just light it up. I, I really think this is a 50 burger waiting to happen. Um, it, the reason that the spread is so big, I think, is because Tua is coming off this rib injury. He's probably not going to be 100%. I'm, I'm guessing he's 75 to 80% um, going to England and playing uh, against Jacksonville on the road. Jacksonville's hungry for a win. They are. The defense has not looked that great, but they're really hungry for a win. Um, Rothsberger looked a lot better last week, getting the ball down the field. Uh, he's got that primetime game against Seattle. I haven't watched, watched a lot of Steelers this year. And the reason I haven't watched a lot of Steelers this year is because they've been playing noon games. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think they've had like, what, one three o'clock game? But they haven't been in primetime. And so I'm looking forward to them playing Seattle. And I think that, uh, you know, with Johnson connection without Juju, that's a lot stronger than than we've seen in the past. He hit him last week for a big touchdown. I think he could do it again. Um, it, Allen Robinson has been a no-show for the whole year, and that's his best receiver right now. Uh, I know Kadarius Tony has shown up before he got ejected last week, but uh, you don't know what's going to happen against this Rams defense, who is uh, a lockdown defense. Uh Unicycle Pole Bears start Connor and Singletary, who both have 50-50 shares at best in their in their backfields. That's not a good look at running back, especially against uh, James Robinson, who's had back-to-back 20-point weeks. Uh, Melvin Gordon third could play, could not play. Um, I, I still think you could win even without Melvin Gordon third. Yeah, but I do think he suits up and comes out and plays. Uh, he did return to practice Thursday, getting in a limited se- session, so you at least will get a few points out of him. How about that Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox has been a tight end pickup, I, I think, of the year thus far. Uh, Dawson Knox has been, the in the past, a guy with a four-touchdown or four-yard touchdown uh, week. So he usually gets like seven, eight points. But this this year, he's coming out and being a, a good target for for Josh Allen. So good pickup there. And I think that um, he definitely beats out Higby on the other side. Um, 
I, I think he has you on defense. I, I think that Patrick Queen, Roquan, um, you know, Cameron's trying to, at least in a certain sense, put together a defense like me and have, uh, you know, a really solid D and, and win on that end. Uh, but, you know, I think in every aspect, especially with Mahomes and Rossberger, uh, that you're going to really slap him silly this week. I don't see him covering that 18 is what, which I, why I made it so big uh, to try and get people to jump on the new cycle pole bears bandwagon this week. Um, you know, but at least Cameron's trying, at least he's going out there and making trades and at least he's, he's moving and, and trying to make, you know, trying to push his way, manufacture wins and make, make it in the playoffs. But no, nah, I'm taking Dar Scott this week. I think uh, too strong too strong this week for him and, and, and that you take the W minus eight team. Go ahead and, and tell me what you think. I, I agree. I think it is going to be um, pretty close, especially with that 18 point spread. Um, it all comes down to Tua really. If he comes back and plays decent and, you know, puts up maybe close to what he, what he'd be projected. Like we said, 18, uh, then it'd be a lot closer of a game because I think Heineke will get a lot of great garbage time, uh, points um his wide receivers Kadarius Tony went, went off last week Alan Robinson he just needs uh, uh Justin Fields to get it together and that's that could be any week now and Henry Ruggs like I said it just depends on Las Vegas spiraling up or down um his running backs aren't great but James Conner could put up close to 20 or so could really help him and Devin Singletary you know he's he's kind of he's the part of the problem with Devin Singletary is Buffalo's offense is kind of like uh, Kansas City's offense, where the running back is such an afterthought in in the uh, in the minds of the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. So it's kind of an issue. He does have a great uh, defense. I do I do agree with that. Um, there are some of them are a little hit or miss, but if they hit, they could hit really big. So I think that's where he could win is with that. With if uh, Tua play actually plays and plays well, and his defense really hits big. Um, I've got a lot of guys on by this week, so there is that. But I think I think I just I think I could squeak by this week. The the, the difference being on the uh, what's it called uh, the spread. I'll cover the spread if Mahomes goes crazy versus Washington. Yeah, yeah. I I think that even without that, I mean, even if you get thirty points out of Mahomes, not fifty. I. I Really, honestly, I, I really like Pittsburgh this weekend against Seattle at home. I think this is like where Pittsburgh is like, hey, we're the same team that was 10-0 and last year to start the season, uh, and Ben Rosberger looks good, and Pittsburgh comes out and beats the Seahawks by double digits. I don't think Geno's a good quarterback. I think that uh, you sold him for cheap, which is probably what his, he should have been valued at, and John paid way too much for him. But that's besides the point. Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Think I, I think we both agree. You cover that spread. Uh, let's get to the last matchup. Uh, this closest matchup, the game of the week: Sex Raptor versus Foop Slayer. Tell me what you think of this one. This is a very close matchup. I agree. I mean, the projections are just about they're about point three off, and I, I agree. It's it could go either way. It's a you know just it just comes down to you know inches probably at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting the top, Josh Allen Monday night. You got to be, you got to be kind of scared of that hammer for from Fupa Slayer. Josh I Allen am- on Monday night. Yep. Uh, 
but at least he's starting Geno Smith at Pittsburgh. You gotta, yeah, I know you're gonna be rooting for Pittsburgh's defense that night, so that'll that'll be fun. Um, then you got Sam. You know, of course, you're starting Sam Darnold versus Minnesota and Trevor Lawrence versus Miami. Both solid, uh, solid quarterbacks. I think they'll, I think they'll get right around their projections at uh, 21 points. Um, it really comes down to, like I said, kind of Josh Allen. How, how hard that hammer is on Monday night is going to be a huge thing. And whether he can carry Geno Smith's uh, point average, I think Geno Smith's average uh, projected twenty. I think he's going to come out with about fourteen, but Josh Allen could come out with about forty and cover it, so uh, might not matter. I like your wide receivers and Ceedee Lamb, Chase Claypool, and Robert Woods, um, but uh, Ceedee Lamb doesn't have a great matchup for, uh, at New England. Uh, Claypool, I do like for a touchdown versus Seattle. Uh, Rob Woods probably go off again at New York, um, but looking at Fupa Slayers wide receivers and, and Tyreek Hill, Cameron Sutton, and more Rhonda Moore, I, any of them or all of them could have a huge game. I think, and I think they might. So I'm leaning towards Fupa Slayer here again. Then he is running back last week. Jonathan Taylor had a huge game. Like I said, if Indianapolis just kept giving him the ball, they would have won the game, but uh, versus this week versus Houston, I think Indianapolis gets right and probably hits the ball a lot. You do have a uh, decent running back, Damian Harris and JD McKissick, which is not great, honestly. It's kind of terrible. Do you have guys on buy or something? Oh, you do have a lot of people on buy over here. Okay, that, that makes a lot more sense. But it's just I'm leaning again towards uh, Fupa Slayer on just talent and, and and some matchups. He's missing two uh, two defenders down there, but he might you know him. He'll make a move if he needs to on Sunday night or Monday night. No, when no he can't. When can, when, when can he make a move? Why why wouldn't he make a move? Because all those people have played already. He would have to z- drop Zach Moss. That's what I do. I I, I usually drop someone. You would drop play. Zach Moss. Somebody part of the big package that you just gave up a ton for. I dropped Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is droppable. But he can't drop. Marlon is unrosterable. He can't drop Marlon Mack after the new game starts. No, no, he should stop. He should drop him Sunday morning. Okay. And and so if he needs because this is like because I this could be really close and like I mean that's what I would do. I'm just saying just because like Marlon Mack is garbage. Um, Yeah. So. He's probably trying to trade him right now and, and save himself a move. He's made some really bad, he's throwing away moves right now. Right. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's dumb because yeah, you pick up Bortles. It's dumb because why is he starting Geno Smith instead of Jared Goff? Is he I, just I, fucking? I, I, no, no. I really honestly think he's going to do that. That's stupid. He should start Jared Goff 100%. Versus Cincinnati or Geno Smith at Pittsburgh on Sunday night in prime time. I don't understand the trade for for Geno. I don't understand why did he want Geno? Why why? I, I understand you. He's going to be out eight weeks, so you have buys coming up. But like he has a buy, he has a buy for Josh Allen next week, so he can cover next week. I get it, but like why? I just don't. I I, I completely agree with the trade. He got Dalton Schultz, who's on one of the hottest offenses right now, giving up Kittle, who's not even healthy, and you don't know when he's going to be healthy. And that, and he got Zach Moss for I think some other running back that was kind of the same. He's, he was pretty even, and he got a decent. 
and then he got uh, he got one other thing I can't remember, but I, I thought it was de- I thought it was a decent trade. They, I thought they both got what they want what they wanted. He got he got Geno in a tight end, and and uh, Chase got Kittle. Well, no, that no, Chase got this. This trade is a little bit more hefty than than you saying, than what you're saying. So it was uh, Zach Moss, Dalton Schultz, and Geno. Okay, I, I think the biggest thing there is Geno, and then Dalton Schultz is probably a startable tight end. So you get a startable tight end. Zach Moss to fifty, you know, uh, shares the backfield. Can be a double digit running back. It's, I think he's a RB three, a running back fill in. If you want my opinion, I mean, he's not like super great, but somebody you can start, but he gave away uh, a starting running back. So Chase Edmonds, who I think is a low end RB two, George Kittle, who's top three tight end before the year started. I know he really hasn't shown up, but once he comes back, definitely a good tight end. And, and a I've been trying to acquire a Lucon all year. I I offered Clyde Edwards Lair straight up for him. I mean, he's somebody who's put three double digit weeks on defense, uh, you know, he, he threw together three in a row. I know he's going on by, but I mean, he's one of those defenders who uh, can do it all. And from week to week is definitely a double digit kind of guy. Uh, I really, really liked uh, Luakon. I really want to draft him. I've been trying to get him all year and it never really worked out. So I, I like what Chase got in return for Gino. I think Gino has an expiration date. Dalton Schultz is probably the most long lasting uh person that you got out of that deal and that's just not that hefty a package i don't know i think that once week eight or nine comes around uh and you get kittle back and you've got like a defense two kind of person and a running back two i think chase definitely won this trade uh going forward but this week again uh foop slayer looks a lot better than he did uh the week before but but anyway, you're, you're taking Fuka Slayer, is that what you said? I am taking Fuka Slayer. Um, okay. I think if he drops Marlon Mack and has room to pick up a defender if he needs to, because I think it will be close. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that Josh Allen hammer on Monday night, I think I think he'll I think he'll get it. Okay, and that's fair. Um, it what is something I fear. Two and a half. Okay, yeah, I think I think I think it'll be really close, but I think I think he'll be able to cover. Yeah. All right, so uh, the reason I made that trade for Eckler because it was a big, it's a big piece for Eckler and Ridley. I mean, it's like technically my wide receiver one and my running back one and uh, Miles Garrett for uh, QB two, um, a wide receiver two, and no running back or a running back who's hurt or RB two who's, who's hurt for the next three weeks and Devin white, who's a defensive one. I mean, the reason I made that trade was because I think Eckler is not going to be worth more than he is right now. Um, at any point in the season. And Eckler has a really bad injury history. And I don't want to be caught with, you know, hot-handed with with Eckler. And if I think that Eckler is going to be somebody who scores 20 or 30 points every week for the rest of the season, even in the playoffs, uh, I would I would love to see that. I just don't think it happens. Uh, and so I try to balance it out, balance out my team right now. 
And also, it's something I want to talk about with you. And I know I'm extending this. I'm sorry. But uh, like, how much would you pay for a win? If I said, hey, I'm going to take Ben Roethlisberger away from you, but I'll give you three wins right now. Would you do that? How could you give me three wins? No, no, no. I mean, like, like if would you give up Ben Roethlisberger and start, I don't know, Jared Goff the rest of the season? If you knew right now you'd be uh, six and one, or I'm seven and one. Oh, like if you're saying like I would hold on to Ben just because I would hold on to him, you mean? Like, like give up a player on your team for some yeah. somebody shitty. Uh, you would you give up a player for three wins? I mean, right now, no, because you have to look at the bigger picture, and especially because I have the luxury of being at four and one, I'm. I know that I'm I'm starting to look at the bigger picture so that I can see past just a couple bye week issues or maybe a short term injury, especially mm-hmm. having the IR the IR position. So, and that's part of why I've also kept Mac Jones so that I don't have to make any of these you know dire uh, trades. I I picked up Geno Smith, and yeah, I agree. I probably could have gotten a little more out of him, but I basically turned one pick one move into three, and that's fine for me right now. So. And it, and it basically secured that I can get by some of these bi-week issues again. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't do that. It just depends if he could plug some of his other holes. That's why I said like top moves like dropping Marlon Mack and maybe picking up a defender so he can make sure that he can that he wins this week. Yeah. I mean, the reason I got rid of – but, yeah, I mean, that's the reason I got rid of Eckler was because I think that uh, I really want to win this week. And – I need to get to eight. Yeah. I need to get to eight wins. That's that's what I have to do. And I'm not in a position where I can be four and one. I don't think I have the team that I can be in the position to be four and one and be like, well, you know, I can sit on my haunches and just kind of wait and whatever. Like I have to manufacture wins. Like I didn't do myself any favors uh, drafting two quarterbacks like a little bit later. And uh, you know, I, I've, I'm trying to build my team differently than I've ever, I, I ever have. So I can't sit back and just do this. So I have to manufacture wins. I think the trade for Trevor Lawrence, uh, this week really helps me do that. I think that puts me in a good spot to win this week, uh, with him going to Miami. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is, uh, you know, me and Trevor talked about this is a good, like 25 to 30 points for the rest of the year. I think he's a quarterback one potentially for the rest of the year. I really like him. Uh, going forward. Uh, Sam Darnold, I I think a lot of his struggles last week was Philadelphia front line. You're going to see it in like five minutes or 15 minutes. You're going to see Philadelphia's front line come out and attack Tom Brady. They did the same Darnold last week. Uh, Like you said, Claypool uh, against Seattle. Uh, He's going to come out and attack that defense. Uh, Damian Harris, please Damian Harris, uh, be the Damian Harris I thought you were going to be you know, this team needs to really find their identity of uh, running the ball and Mac Jones handling, uh, not turning the ball over, which they haven't right now. I think Mac Jones turned the ball over a little bit too much in the past few weeks. And Damian Harris has done not himself any favors by uh, fumbling on the goal line, just like last week. JD McKissick is a game flow pickup. Uh, I feel like Washington's going to be behind. And when they're behind, Antonio Gibson does not see the field as much. And J.D. McKissick does and catches like five, six, seven balls. I'm hoping that that's this kind of week. Um, 
uh, on the other side, you know, I'm afraid of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I'm uh, afraid of Tyreek Hill if he plays going up against Washington. Um, but the reason that I think that I have a better chance is, like I said, there's two defenders missing. Geno Smith against Pittsburgh, going on the road against Pittsburgh Sunday night, uh, is is not very favorable. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to pass the ball just like they always do. I don't care if it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or whoever. Uh, that starting Kansas City running back is not going to get the lion's share of the runs, and there's only going to be 10 runs um, on the night. So I don't think he hits that 11.58. Um, and his defense is weak. The defense that he has right now, I mean, you see Sherman tonight. I'd be surprised if Sherman – I'll be pissed if Sherman gets hits that 4.58 uh, or gets a pick or something like that. But, but yeah, no, I mean, he's – I think that I have the better team uh, overall, and I think I have the better team going in this week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick myself, and uh, if I'm down on Monday night, you know, I, I will drop somebody. And so um, I think it might come down to that. Like, like I said, if he doesn't move or do something, or if you move something and he doesn't, then I think that would be the difference. I agree. It's a chess match. I think that me and John are going in a chess match this week. So, and I, and I, uh, I'm pretty good chess. So I think, I think I could take him. All right. That's it. That's it. Give me one waiver wire person that you're watching that you think should be owned right now. And it's not. Jamal Agnew. I know a lot of people don't watch Jaguars football, but he's wide receiver for Jaguars. Jamal Agnew has put up double digit points three out of the last four weeks. He's pretty solid uh, wide receiver. He also uh, does special teams. And that's why uh, he wasn't on the radar to begin with. Uh, so you can watch him do kick returns, also catching passes. So I think he's definitely a guy that is better than a lot of people's wide receivers, threes, and some of their twos. Yeah. Uh, no, I I agree. Uh, I I think that uh, Jamal Agnew is is somebody that, you know, once he got that kick return earlier this season, um, Jacksonville got him in at, at, in some actual offensive plays, and he looked pretty explosive. So, um, yeah, I like. I like that that pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Marquez Callaway. He doesn't play this week, um, which will obviously have people not want to pick him up. I drafted him, and I had huge confidence in him. And I know Michael Thomas is coming back soon. Um, but he has explosive tendencies. He is a person that really uh, could show up for you at wide receiver. He needs to be picked up by somebody. He's a good wide receiver three for the rest of the year. I think, uh, I know you have Deontay Harris, but I think Deontay Harris works better in the slot than he does on the outside. And Marcus Callaway, uh, is that big body that can play on the outside. I know he struggled in the first few weeks. I think game flow in that first game and second game, uh, really cost him. But since then, uh, he's had five targets, uh, two catches for 74 yards and then eight targets last week with two touchdowns. Uh, this is a guy that needs to be rostered. I, I really believe that. And uh, if you don't pick him up, um, maybe I will. So, uh, you know, there's there's that. I, I, I like that pickup. Um, I wouldn't just because I have Deontay Harris, like you said. So I, I don't like having too many players on the same team. But I do like that wide receiver pickup. I mean, we look at Jameis. Jameis has had a positive year by uh, by his standards or by, you know, by everybody's expectations. You know, 41 points. He had that dud week two, but 15 points, 17 points, and then 33 last week. I mean, he's thrown nine touchdowns in two separate weeks. 
Uh, freaking what? 12 touchdowns to three picks. He's having a great year. Uh, he only has two receivers that he's really thrown to. So, uh, not even a tight end. So, uh, yeah, Jameis probably your guy. I'm sorry. Callaway is probably your guy. Anyway, let's get to watch football. We got, we got about 10 minutes to the football game. Let's watch some football. What do you think? Sounds good. I'm ready. All right, man. Well, it was good talking to you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Well, hopefully we'll be back next Tuesday uh, to give you a recap of week six. Until then, uh, thank you, Scott. Anything else you got to get, you got to say before we go? Nothing. Just ready to watch some football. All right. All right. Thank you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. I can't See ya. Nice, but I'm going back mean. I'm about to glow trot when they know a vaccine. Motherfuckers act lost, but they know exactly what's going on. Made a mill, and I don't know what to blow it on. I tell a critic, shut up like my show is on. Give a t-shirt to a set, throw it on. She want a mini high school classmates, I'm growing on. My peers ain't popping, they don't know what's going wrong. Y'all well-dressed, but you ain't got soul, and you just can't sew it on. I'm trying to tell y'all boys, I got a few songs I can sell y'all boys I tried it back then, it was hell nah boy Now I'm in a box like a Kellogg's toy The ones that hate me the most look just like me You tell me what that means Make a slick comment and see what that brings I seen it go down, we can reenact things Extreme like DMXing These boys pussy and they PMSing People in the city see the movement occurring And say my god I wanna be in that scene Damn right